Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson. Always delighted when we get a chance to talk to Doug Gould. Yes, he's from the Rock Recovery Center. And if you don't know about the Rock Recovery Center, you need to. Uh, you can go to rock, R-O-C, recoverycenter.org is their website. And uh, this is a mentoring faith-based organization that helps people through all the struggles of addiction, no matter what level you are in. They're the ones that get you on the right path. So good to see you. Hi, bud. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, so much to talk to you about. Um, how has Measure 10 in the state of Oregon been impacting what you do. Yeah, it's interesting. Measure 110 uh, uh, voted back on in November. Um, um, uh, here, here's 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 the, the the gist of it. You know, the idea was to um, to decriminalize uh, certain possessions, the amount of possession um, with with those uh, in in addiction. Um, instead of making a felony, you know, write them a ticket, encourage them to get into to to uh, to treatment. And uh, in the first year, I, I believe 4,700 tickets were, were written, but only 2% of those uh, went into and sought treatment. Um, and we always felt, we always thought uh, this, this, um, this, this, um, this measure um, was, was not going to decrease any, any um, levels of addiction in, in our state. Um, because here, here's, here's what I always say, Perry, unless the addict or alcoholic can feel the consequences of their behavior, there's no motivation for change. And sometimes getting arrested is a pathway into recovery. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so really that part of the, the measure really didn't do anything regarding diminishing the addiction rate in, in the state of Oregon. In fact, it's actually increased, just mm -hmm. to let you know. Now, on the flip side, part of that measure was to take certain pro uh, profits from marijuana sales and things of that nature and designate them to organizations in our community. That part of the measure, Perry, we are seeing levels, uh, especially here at The Rock, we are seeing uh, organizations increase levels of services and staffing. And because of that, we're able to go out and reach more people in the community. Mm. So regarding who we're reaching in the state, levels are up regarding that. And that's important. And we were one of the recipients of, of, of that funding. And, and so we were able to hire staff. Um, we were able to start a new intensive outpatient treatment. Uh, Paul uh, uh, took that on. And, and now we have outpatient intensive group therapy there at The Rock and, and a lot of other programs. And so... Um, that's kind of what has gone over with the with the Measure 110 um, um, situation so two years ago. It's good and bad. It's good and bad, and I think more people are realizing now that uh, that uh, listen consequences when we're at the you know we're, it's basically we're just enabling the behavior by not enforcing uh, the the laws that are are, are out there. So. At the end of the day, we're still pretty liberal with what we are enforcing, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like if you see what's happening in our state, you know, um, uh, we 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 have I, I believe it's um, six people die from alcohol-related deaths daily in the state of Oregon. Alcohol has increased more so than meth and heroin in the last two years. And I the only thing I can contribute it to is it's so easily accessible, 
right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is the COVID residual that has occurred from the lockdown mm-hmm. and from that, um, you know, when, when, when people are uh, isolated and you, you lack human touch, things of that nature, and you get in your own head, the isolation, so forth, uh, you're going to develop a, a behavior that gives you comfort and safety. And alcohol did that for many, many people in the last two years. And we've seen the increase with alcohol behavior skyrocket in the state of Oregon. A couple other fundamental questions. It appears that um, marijuana growing and hemp growing has decreased, right or wrong? Wrong. I will tell you right now, from, the, from, from 2000 to now, mm-hmm. okay, in Oregon, it, uh, the behavior in Oregon has increased 245% in the last 25 years. Right mm-hmm. now, we were always getting reports that whenever we look at statistics in the state of Oregon, uh, ages 12 to 18 for illicit drug use, the age is now to six. Age six to 18 have have had reports of young people assessing uh, this this type of drug, the marijuana drug. So it has actually increased. It hasn't done anything. By the way, legalizing marijuana in the state of Oregon has not done anything reg- regarding the black market. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't yeah. It? Is so, that because of the taxation part? Who knows? But I think you know. I heard one in, in individual from um, the Oregon Liquor Commission said if if all the growers stopped making marijuana today, uh, it would take um, three and a half years to consume all the product today. That's how much product that we have out there. So where's it going? So well, okay. Because to that point, what I heard was, and you're the expert here, is yeah, we legalized it, but we also taxed it, and that was somehow the justification of legalizing it, which actually, in in return, increased the black market. Exactly. And another thing, what what, what I have, <laughs> I have a I have a hard time with legalizing something here, and on the back end, you're 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 basically creating additional addiction mm-hmm. because of it. So that's my 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 opinion on it. Okay. People can disagree with me all they want. So. Yeah, no, I, you're the guy that's the pro in all this. So let me ask you this: How accessible is marijuana to young people? Well, it's almost like it reminds me of um, uh, my my days of uh, in in seventh and eighth grade when I first started drinking and, and using marijuana was uh, you know quality market there on Jackson. That was my best friend location. You know, I could walk right over there, sit in the alley and ask people, hey, could you go buy something for me? Or do you have anything else on you that I could buy from you? So it's, it's you know, with, 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 um, with it's, it's out there. It's so out there, mm. you know. And, um, and you can, I don't know, Perry, it's just, it's just um, we are seeing the increase of, of, uh, of marijuana even within the churches today. And, and I am trying so hard to get pastors to connect with me because there are people sitting in, in churches today that are using it and we, we that in, in the long term, short term and long term behavior, the behavioral manifestations of what marijuana does in the cognitive behavioral cycle, it's going to change. It's yeah. going to change that person's behavior. Right, for those who don't know quickly here, The Rock is in existence because uh, you have um, discovered a way through the mentoring process mm-hmm. to help people. Explain that real quick. Right. And so uh, back in 2012, well, back in 2011, Steve, uh, my, my, my dear friend who's gone home to be with the Lord, uh, was working at um, Genesis Residential Treatment uh, there in Central Point, and, and he got tired of, of seeing the revolving door of, of people coming through the door. And, and 
he felt we have to do something more. We're not connecting with those in, in the world of addiction. And so he found a place in Connecticut called the Connecticut Community for Addiction Recovery, uh, Phil Valentine and his group. And they had a lot of material from Dr. William White, who wrote the book Slaying the Dragon, The mm. History of Addiction in America. And Dr. William White and others wrote a peer mentoring one-on-one recovery coaching manual. And so Steve picked up on that. There was really nothing out here in the state of Oregon regarding peer mentoring. So he established the Foundations for Recovery in 2012. And then after he opened it, he went home to be with the Lord. Mm. And that's when I took over for there. And so I was there six and a half years and then opened The Rock in 2018. And the idea behind peer mentoring is you train and equip those who were once in that lifestyle. Right? Because what God delivers you from, He gives you a voice for. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever been at death's door and all of a sudden God reached into the muck and mire of your addiction and pulled you out and placed you upon the rock, something changes in you, mm-hmm. right? And so you want to help people. So we have passionate coaches and staff at our, at our, at our, at our, at our place there. Um, and there's, it's so rewarding when someone walks through the door, courageously walks through the door, whether through a, fer- a referral from a family friend or a pastor, or just sees our sign and walks in, and they sit down, and they're actually, it's, it's so comforting to them that they're actually talking to somebody across the desk that knows what it feels like to put a needle in their arm, a pipe to their mouth, or a bottle to their lip, right? It's comforting to them. Because now you've got somebody that connect with them with lived, lived experience, you know, the experiential knowledge. And so, again, that's why rock mentoring, uh, peer mentoring works. Because not only do we associate the individual with peer one-on-one mentoring with, with somebody in addiction on our staff, but we also piggyback that mentoring with counseling. So we've got dual diagnosis things going on here with your cognitive mental health counseling along with the peer mentoring, we're seeing our numbers anywhere from 65 to 69% success rate. Beautiful. Yeah, that's what peer mentoring does. I, I want to talk a little bit about mental health. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot about that. Uh, I get it. I truly do. Uh, on the other hand, it's, it's abused. Mm-hmm. Um, but in relationship to the attic, where does mental health come in? How do you balance this? Yeah, well, usually, um, well, here's, here's the discovery with, with addiction. I'll use my own my, my own transparency. When I got into recovery, um, you know, uh, you, you know my story. For those that don't know, they can read it online. Um, but uh, you know, I drank myself into the uh, into the ICU of Rogue Valley Hospital, and um, and I was uh, I was fortunate. You know, hit with the paddles twice, cardiac arrest, and 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 God just saved my life. And that was the last time I took a drug or a drink. That was twelve or twelve years ago. But I, I remember this getting into recovery and started learning some of the cognitive behaviors of what I was doing. The alcohol was just a sim, uh, the, 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 it wasn't the cause. It was just a symptom. It was, it, was, it was something over here that I was still struggling with. And what I was struggling over here was failure or insecurities and depression uh, and isolation. And they go hand in hand uh, with, with mental health and addiction, okay? And so what happens if, if someone can come through our doors, there's always something over here that's causing this behavior over here. Michelle Rosenthal from her book Life After Trauma says, we humans have this innate ability that when we go through pain and trauma, we will develop a behavior over here that gives us safety and comfort. So almost a lot of people have underlining issues that they just... Are, are not willing to face. And what we do at The Rock is, let's talk about that pain and trauma that you went through, you know? I, I, I have a saying at, at, at The Rock, 
you know, it's okay to glance at your past. Just be careful not to stare. Mm-hmm. Because the longer you focus on the shoulda, coulda, woulda's in your life, the longer you focus on the if onlys, the longer you focus on the unforgiveness in your own life because of what you've done in the past, you're going to create something over here, Perry. Mm-hmm. Right? It may not be chemical addiction. It may be food. It may be sex. could be gambling. could be emotional cutting, whatever it may be. But you're going to develop something over here that satisfies this unfeeling over here, if you will. So mental health is very prevalent. Uh, it doesn't make you wrong. In fact, all of us, and I want you to hear this, folks, all of us are on a continuum of mental health, right? Mm-hmm. This is why it's important to have daily reflections, daily devotionals, prayer and meditation, because that helps that continuum stay low in that individual's life. So when an addict comes into you, it could be any of the things you just mentioned. Uh, you realize that person there, and they brought the symptom to you, and you have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point in your your development with this patient do you go back to the cause um what we usually try to do is well first of all we do an assessment mm-hmm. and, and paul and, and and derek do that we write a treatment plan we pray over that file of who that individual is going to be matched up with with uh, with with one of our mentors okay then on the flip side if we know that there's some underlying issues right off the bat we will assign a counselor licensed counselor with them now as the connection is being made between the mentor and the client, as we begin to journal some things, do the 12 steps, whatever it may be, what the client wants, when we begin to see that discovery, mm. we try to tap into that as soon as possible. And I, I, well, one of, the, one of the biggest things I see in 12 years of this is the fact that a lot of people just can't get over the fact that they messed up. Right. They're having that that man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Or maybe they were the recipient of some abuse in their life and they're still holding on to that 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 abuse. And, you know, we always have that proverbial question. Why does bad things happen to good people? Well, the reason for that is we live in a free will. And sometimes someone else's free will. We're the recipient of their free will. And so therefore, what we have to do is expose that, go back and expose that. And figure out, hey, listen, can't change it now, right? Let's learn to tap into that and make you a stronger person today from it. I am who I am today, Perry, in spite of all my setbacks back here, Mm. in spite of all my failures, right? They don't control me any longer, right? They don't play Kate into my mind going, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, you know, you know, poor as me, you know. Whining Doug. No, 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 no. I see back there going, okay, even though it was the most painful moments of my life, I now can take that and use it for, for, for someone today. All right, let me take a quick break. You can go to rocrecoverycenter.org. There's the picture of the landing page. You've got a great event coming up. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But you can go to rocrecoverycenter.org. I would say the first place to go is go there. Check it out. And then it won't cost you a dime to make a phone call. (laughs) We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. 
with us today, Executive Director of the Rock Recovery Center and uh, organization just doing an outstanding job. And uh, you can go to Rock uh, Recovery, that's R-O-C, recoverycenter.org and check out um, what they have to offer. And it all starts with just maybe a simple phone call to talk mm -hmm. to somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you'll find if you're really struggling with whatever it is, whatever addiction it may be for you, a little phone call mm -hmm. can put you on a path in a whole new direction. Yeah. Before I get tied up in some other heavy things, you got an event coming up. Yeah. What, what is it? Big event in July. This is our annual uh, recovery festival. Uh, we have it every year, and we bring the community together. Uh, this will be on um, Saturday, July 15th. It is the uh, Stronger Courageous Recovery Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to move it up uh, in the year. Um, you know, we always usually have it at the big ballpark there. Uh, where the rogues play, but this year we moved it up to uh, Fagoni Field. It's on the corner of McAndrews and and uh, and Columbus. There, we've got the Celebrity All Star Classic. We have several uh, sports celebrities coming into play. Uh, they're going to be paired up with uh, the Medford Police and Center Point Police in uh, one uh, Celebrity All Star game called the Battle of the Badges, Medford against Center Point. <laughs> and then we've got a two o'clock game. We have a youth game. Four o'clock we have Addicts in Recovery. Uh, but it all opens at 10 o'clock. We have several organizations going to be joining us. We have a Carnival Fun Zone for the kids, uh, paintball booth, face painting, all sorts of things, good concession stand food. Good. Um, but bringing organizations together, uh, get the information out, uh, raising some good for, um, fun, free giveaways, a lot of raffle prizes people can, uh, Mark can it down. participate. Yeah, yeah, come on out. All right. Saturday, July 15th. Um, I want to come back a little bit to the mental health thing, but mm -hmm. let me just add another mixed to all this. Mm -hmm. um, gender confusion and mm -hmm. transition. Mm -hmm. uh, is that showing up in your realm? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now what? Mm -hmm. Well, I just had a conversation yesterday about it. First of all... Because, um, you know, the reason I bring this up, I've talked mm -hmm. to four youth pastors. Mm -hmm. Now, it used to be youth pastoring was car washes and barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It ain't the case anymore. Nope. Nope. So, so, so the, the, the thing is, and I will tell you, and I just had this conversation yesterday after church. We went out for breakfast, and I had the conversation, and I said, every uh, case that I've done in the past 12 years with um, uh, sexual addiction and gender uh, confusion all relate to sexual abuse. In the earlier life. Exactly. Okay. And so what has happened is that pain and trauma from the sexual abuse occurred. But here is what has, has happened. Even though during the abuse of the sexual victimization of that, of, of that young person, there is a sense to that young person, a sense of pleasure and human touch that creates the confusion. And this is the lie I believe the enemy uses. Okay? And this is why the continual abuse, I was sexually abused. This is, this is the confusion it, 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 it brings to that, that, that cognitive mind that doesn't fully mature by the, uh, until the age of 25. This is why what's happening in our schools today, parents, <laughs> pull your kids out of public schools. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. Mm -hmm. Right? Because there, there's, there's, um, there, the, 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 young people are just like sponges, and if you put that thought in there, right, 
um, you can cause a lot of confusion down, down the road. Here, let me go back now. So every client that I've had regarding struggling with sexual addiction or um, uh, sexual gender confusion have been victimized at one time in their life. So what I do and what we do is we take them back to that initial abuse, right? And we begin to try to process that, okay? And we begin to talk about feelings that have been developed, right? We are biblical, so I go biblical, uh, faith-based. I go biblical on my clients that I work with, and I show them that, that there is a lie that is occurring within the mindset of saying it has to be okay because it feels good. Mm-hmm. How could it be wrong? Mm-hmm. Right? This mm-hmm. is how I feel. Especially when relative truth is the truth right. of the day. I, w- I, must, yeah. I must be this way because that's how I feel it. And it feels good to, to say that. And so there lies the, the rub, if you will, on, on, the, on, the, on the abuse. In the meantime, it's become a fad among young people. Mm-hmm. So, and some people are, are scared of this, so they hide in it. Okay, so here's another aspect of it. You're right. Yeah. Here's another aspect of it. But the more it's becoming common, the more cases are going to grow even even further. Right. And the reason is this child over here who was abused still got attention. Yeah. Cuz they call it they call that social collateral. Mm-hmm. And so that yeah. attention right M- goes, multiplies. Absolutely. Okay, so in the area of addiction, this is now becoming a category? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Have well, you, th- think, think about this way. Okay, now on the flip side, let's talk about mental health in, re- in, in reference to social network addiction. Yes. Right, right, right. Same the, thing. Huh? Same thing. It's just that, that, that drive for attention and acceptance. Okay. Um, how can I say this? What, comes out? what, what advice <laughs> do you have to parents? I mean, your kid goes to school today. He's confronted mm-hmm. with drugs. Pot, gender confusion. He's looking to be sociably acceptable, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And and I don't know where education takes place in all mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. because it's so socially driven. Mm-hmm. What do you say to a parent when all of a sudden they begin to sense something's wrong? Well, I always go back to the Word of God. I really do. Um, first of all, you don't you don't placate to. The, 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 I'm going to get cards and letters of this. I just know it. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to just say it anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't placate to, to, the, to, the, to the sickness, okay? okay. Uh, you know, and, and, and you, you, you don't change their name. You don't call them by a different name of what they want to be. No little boys and little girls, we don't dress like that. Mm-hmm. No, you've got to be bold in reference to your biblical truths, right? God made you biologically a male or biologically a female, Right. right. He didn't make a mistake. Right. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the scripture I like to tell parents to use. No, God made you the exact way you are. Yeah, you may have some different traits than other boys. You may like be more artistic or more things of that nature. That doesn't make you different from the other boys. You are a biological boy, so you need to call it out. And parents, you cannot placate to this, to this lie of the enemy that's out there and and. Well, it just makes him feel better. Or, you know, I just want to support that. No, we don't placate to the sin. We don't placate to it. And so you've got to be bold with scriptures in love. I mean, the Bible says in Galatians 6.1, if someone is overtaken in a trap, didn't say sin, it says trap, mm-hmm. right? Now, you can, you can break down that word in the Greek, right? 
It means something that is that is that has got me. Well, the Bible says in the spirit of meekness and love, we should restore that individual. Meekness is boldness, right? We mm-hmm. do it with boldness. Hey, listen, you're going down a wrong path, right? And 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 I want to do it in a loving way to say, listen, this is this is the wrong path you're going down, and we cannot placate to it. I just say that. Yeah, no, I I think uh, parents, uh, we're it, starting to see pushbacks across the country, everything else going it, on. It, it sounds abrasive, you know, but listen, I heard a great, uh, great individual say, I can't remember his name. He says, you know, 20 years from now, uh, after you're dead or whatever it is, and they dig up your bones, they they will not determine they can determine what gender you are by by your your, your uh, biological skeleton and mm-hmm. everything. And so, again, parents, you know, and I've had parents placate to the to the behavior because they don't want to hurt their child and they don't want to offend their child. They want to support their child. And what you're doing is you're placating even further into their mental health issues. Okay. Right. One last question before we run out of time. By the way, uh, ROCRecoveryCenter.org, uh, go there and also put on your calendar the event coming up in July. It's a great event. We'll talk more about that when we get closer to it. But mark that on your calendar, July 15th? Yeah, uh, Saturday, July 15th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put that on your calendar. Yeah. All right, somebody listening to us today, I don't know what the addiction is. Could be anything. Could be pornography, mm-hmm. could be gender confusion, could be pot, could be alcohol, could be anything and they know it's wrong deep in their soul, mm-hmm. what's the first thing they ought to consider doing? Well, the hardest thing to do is, is pick up the phone and call. That's mm-hmm. the hardest thing to do. But I will tell you right now, if you're sitting there listening to this and, and, you're, and you're in trouble, right? there's no shame. You're not going to get one browbeat, belittling, shaming you from, from the rock. We understand it. Listen, I'm a recovered alcoholic. right? I'm a pastor, for goodness sakes. You know, and I was such in shame going, I can't tell anybody uh, uh, about my about my sickness. I wish I would have never picked up the drink, but I did, mm-hmm. you know, and but I will tell you, your addiction is going to get progressively worse if you don't do anything about it now. Right. And 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 what we want to do, listen, there's there's a statement in the in 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 um uh, that I, I often repeat and it goes like this in God's hands your dark past is the greatest possession you have because with it it can convert misery and death for others right Genesis fifty twenty says this and I parry we quote it all the time but we don't we, we forget to use the back side of that verse and that verse is Genesis fifty twenty when Joshua said what you meant for evil God will turn it around for good mm. and he's talking about his his brothers selling him into slavery and as he's in the pit the cistern there in Dothan right he realizes no God's got a plan and he and and even though he went through years of slavery and and what he had to go through he kept saying what you meant for evil God will turn around for good and that's the scripture we always quote but we forget what's after the comma and after the comma it says this for the saving of many lives mm-hmm. so, and I'm going to get emotional here because I will tell you yeah that is why God reached into the muck and mire of my addiction so if you're listening listen we understand mm. right you've got to reach out for help and just say i need help help me and we will walk with you even through the ups and downs of your recovery mm-hmm. we will not leave you we will guide you until 
you can find hope and believe in yourself that I can get through this thing. So. That's why mentor uh, addiction recovery works. Yep. Whatever God saves you from brings you through. He turns you around and makes you a minister too. There you go. And you're a living example. Check go. it out, rocrecoverycenter.org. Uh, there's a picture of the landing page. Mark down July 15th for the big event. Be yep. a part of that. Support them. And uh, don't hesitate to make that call. Make the call. Do it today. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. All Appreciate right. it, Perry. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.